Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Our Weird Life. My name is Jack. My name's Jodie. Welcome to the podcast. And I'd like to start off by saying that if you are joining us for the first time... Or the second time. Or the second time. Or, or the third time. Or however many times, then welcome back or welcome to the Our Weird Life podcast. Um, recently, the people at Podbean were very kind enough to include us on the featured section of their website uh, for the, I think for the past two weeks that's been running so and we have obviously noticed a, a new influx of people and yeah. followers and subscribers and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so if you're one of those people thank you very much yeah thank you and welcome and we hope that you are sticking with us on this little journey yeah um, it does really mean a lot to us and it's just so nice to know that there's people that are actually listening <laughs> Um, It's not just us talking like a big echo chamber to ourselves. Yeah, I mean, we do anyway, just chit-chat, you know, about nothing most of the time. So it's just nice to know that other people are involved in that kind of strange conversations that we have. Yeah, so I guess, first of all, it might be important for us to establish kind of the reason why we started doing the podcast in the first place, if you don't already know. So, Jodie, what's your recollection of why we started doing it? Uh, So, because we moved to Japan two and a half years ago now um things kept happening to us that were like you know just like funny incidents or like things that we would discover like oh jack have you seen this weird bug outside and um we'd talk about them and (laughs) we'd have so many weird unusual and funny stories to share just being like a british couple that have moved to a country where we don't speak the language and um, we knew very little about the culture actually really thinking about it now we thought we knew more than we did but when we arrived we realized that there's actually a lot to learn about moving to a place that you have no idea about really yeah um we live in the countryside so that that comes with a whole other wave of things like a bear threat like 24 7 apparently apart from in winter um (laughs) so yeah it's just all these funny things and we got to a point where we were sitting down at night and we'd have these long conversations about all these weird things that happened in our day and we thought wouldn't it be nice if we could record these in some way and keep them for our memories and then that's when you came up with the idea to do a podcast I think you you suggested it actually a year before. Oh right, okay. You you kind of brought the idea up, and you said, "Why don't we do a podcast?" Mm. Because podcasts at the time they were really sort of like they were just blowing up, weren't they? I think, and they still are. Apparently, apparently people are making them um, on a daily basis. Um, I really thought you were going to say left, right, and centre, and that is absolutely one of my favourite phrases. Left, right, and centre. Yeah, it just makes no sense. <laughs> Like left, right and centre. These podcasters spring up left, right and centre. I think that's it, isn't it? Popping up left, right and centre. It's like you can't keep up with the amount that are... uh, Yeah. Like from all directions. It's one of my favourite sayings. I suppose it's true. Left, right and centre. Just funny. But, yeah, for, for whatever reason, I think I was concerned that I didn't have the commitment or the motivation to be able to do that on a weekly basis. Yeah. And it's... It's easy in one sense because it's easy to have a conversation with each other. Yeah. But also the the other stuff that goes with it, with the, the editing and the social media stuff and having to do that every week without fail, it comes with pressure. And yeah. I think when you suggested it first, I was like, Ooh, I don't want to start and then five weeks down the line be like, oh, let's 
let's put it off mm. for a, a two weeks. Anyway, as it happened, I think it was August of last year. Yeah. Of 2020 when we started the owl journey. And since then, a few people have joined fl- the owl away. community. <laughs> yes. So cute. Yeah. So anyway, if you're new, welcome. If you've been with us for a while, welcome back. Yeah. And we're so happy to have you here. It yeah. really, it fills us with joy. It does. And I think as well, a lot of people listen, like not from Japan. Well, you would hope so, wouldn't you? Because it, they might be able to glean some information about Because Japan is a very mysterious place. Mm. If you're not here, it's um, it's got this real ethereal, sorry, ethereal magical essence about it. Yeah, it Which does. I think is why it draws so many people, including us, in the first place. And so to hear about it and the, the way that it's so different to Western culture and alike in a few senses. Um, yeah, you mm. would hope that the people who are listening probably don't have much of an idea about it yeah it is quite a magical place yeah i find but with all that being said i thought mm. maybe we could do a quick fire question round okay so that our new listeners could get to know us a little better yes they're starting from like one of these episodes mm-hmm. so uh i i don't have any questions planned so let's just like quick fire okay all right go okay question one yeah. what's your favorite color jack my favorite color can i say that it used to be it used to be red, but I think now it's purple. No, you said it was green. Oh, and green as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I thought your favourite colour was like that... Um, you, you are correct. Racing green. Yeah. See, I don't even know myself very well. But actually, I do think it might be purple because any time I ask Jack to choose something for me, like which of these things shall I choose, you always choose purple. Right. I like, I like very deep, dark colours. So for like... Uh, dark green, mm-hmm. dark purple. They're 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 good colours. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I like. Okay. Um, are, are we like repeating these questions to each other, or are you going to answer the same one, or totally different? Well, quickly, because that that question's super boring Sorry. about a colour. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know why I said it. This is the first thing you ask the kids, don't you? What colour do you like? I, I like, like purple. Yeah. I like pink. Pink and purple. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the first thing you say in English class. Yeah. Um, I actually like lighter colours, like light blue, light lilac, light lilac, lilac, <laughs> and um, uh, pink, like light pink. Okay. But I dress very neutral toned at the moment. I'm in a whole like forest aesthetic, which I love. <laughs> forest aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. I am one with the trees. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So you're woody at the moment. I'm very woody, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> woody colours. Okay. Natural. Um, random question. Um, okay, so you currently live in Japan. Mm-hmm. What other country might you or would you ever consider living in in the future? Other than the, uh, England or UK? I would like to live in the stereotypical everyone wants to live in New Zealand and Australia. That sounds pretty great to me. Just because, like, why do people say it's so amazing to live there? Oh, I want to live there. So I'm there's, there's like a curiosity. mystery of that mm. that life that you... Um, and I also really like Australians. Mm. They're very funny. They are a funny bunch of folk, aren't they? And they probably think we're a bit weird. Probably. I think everyone's weird, aren't they? That's the point. Everyone's got their weirdnesses. But I don't know if I know anyone that's Australian, do I? I don't. Well, I have, like, family that live in Australia. Yeah. But they're not... They weren't born there. Right. So, I don't I know would I do. like to... 
I love Greece. I think there's, some, oh, there's something about Greece, Greece which is just incredible. I love Greece. Um, it's very beautiful. People it's got really some nice. of the like most in- amazing beaches I think in mm. the world, um, and also the mythology as well is it's great. Yeah, another magical place. I yeah. think. Okay. And America as well. I'd like to. But it's so vast like, and so different. Yeah. Like, I'd love to live in New York, but then I'd also really love to live in, like, a con- like a countryside. Rural, yeah. yeah. But also, New Orleans, I really want to go there. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. Stuff. I was always under this weird illusion, you know, that um, we were, British people were quite similar to American folk. But having met many American people mm. from many different states, I realised that's total nonsense <laughs> yeah. because they are so it seems obvious now because of the scale of the place and the amount of different culture that they have within uh their country but they're so different and yeah. we're so different to each of them in turn which is good and we have you know. friends here that are from north and south america yeah of course and, and they've all they're so own. different to yeah. each other That's what which I mean, is yeah. really really funny but I, I, one thing i notice is the sarcasm level is through the roof with the Brits. Yeah. But with the Americans sometimes they just they just think we're being plain, like friendly, like, oh my god, I love that idea. And they're like, really? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just I'm like I have to remember to like not be so blunt. Yeah. <laughs> Tone down the rudeness. I've noticed that we are British people are very self-deprecating. Mm. Like we like to talk ourselves down and and tell it, and tell ourselves how terrible we are That's true. and how rubbish everything is around us and the places we live in. But I haven't heard many Americans speak about where they come from and their country. In an, they tend to be quite proud. They're very proud and patriotic, yeah. and which is great. Um, I actually wish we had a bit of more of that. I wish we weren't <laughs> so, so self-deprecating true. most of the time. But I think we do it in more like a humorous way. Mm. Whereas for Americans, they're very proud of, of the, the places they've come from, like the university, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a totally different... That I think that is a huge cultural It divide. is really different. And they love school too, from what we've our friends here have said. Like, oh, yeah, education is a huge part of their lives. I can't wait to be in school. Oh, God, I couldn't wait to leave school. What are you talking about? I hate yeah, school. So. <laughs> it, it seems very much like their education is it's almost like a, a, a track into any serious career which seems to be the case but I don't think that's very true in our country I feel like you no. don't necessarily have to have come from a background in education in order to have a very successful career not at all yeah. and also a lot of our friends go into university because they feel like oh, okay I have to do that that's the next step yeah. and they choose a degree that they're not super set on mm. and then they don't even know why they did it. Yeah. I guess that's true in America too. I'm sure that, you know. Maybe, but, it, but I think they seemed a lot more like they know what they want to be. Yeah, more confident in their choices, I think. I feel like we just float gathered. around a lot more. We're like, whoa. Mm. <laughs> but this. again, we're not, like, we're kind of just stereotyping people there from what we, who we've met and who we've spoken to. But that obviously so. might not be the case for you personally, someone listening no. to this. <laughs> no, this is just our experience of the people that we've met and, and uh, yeah, come across. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next question. I don't even know what question you asked now. Um, oh, where do I want to visit? Yeah. yeah. Anywhere, honestly, anywhere. South Korea, I'd love to live there for a little bit. South Korea, I think, seems really uh, an interesting place. Also, mm. having recently watched, what was that program that came up? Feed Phil. 
If you haven't seen Feed Phil on Netflix, oh, it's so lovely. I highly suggest that you go and watch that. He was one of the writers of Everybody, Everybody Loves Raymond, Raymond and I yeah. think probably other comedy sitcoms too. Um, he goes all across the world trying the different food from each country. Mm. And one of the places that he went to was Singapore. Now, I, I had absolutely no idea about anything to do with Singapore. I didn't realise they had a, a massive... Uh, educational drive for all the population to speak English. But he and hasn't so, been to Korea. Oh, uh, not that we've seen. No, sorry, you said that. No, but it, it just uh, it reminded uh, Singapore you came to me. Then I yeah. would like to experience Singapore. I think. Um, he went to what was it, Rio de Janeiro? How yeah. do you say it? I'm sorry if I said yeah, that wrong. Right, yeah. um, I really want to go there. Oh my god, the fruit that he ate! Mm. Oh my goodness, I love fruit. And it looked so amazing, the fruit. And he went to... We haven't watched all of them, but did he go to Philadelphia? Or... Oh, my gosh, I can't remember. No, no, no. You know, with the hills and the trams. Ah, San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. See, I've got quite the... Um, I would like to visit San Francisco because it reminds me of Mrs. Doubtfire. I was just about to say that. That yeah. film being set there with like the huge, yeah, like the sloped roads, and mm. I've just got like a strong affinity for that. that and, kind of and, place. and and um, Big Hero Six, Big Hero Six is San Francisco. It's supposed to be a mix, yeah, of Tokyo and San Francisco. San Francisco it sounds wrong. San Fran Tokyo. Something like that. It's a mix of the two places, anyway, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good blend, actually, of, of two totally different cultures, I guess. Mm. I do kind of wish, though, that they just made it Tokyo because I don't think they do have a Disney movie that is... Just I mean, I do, I do like the setting that it's in with San Francisco and Tokyo, but both of those places alone are standalone. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know what you mean. They've got their I own... I don't really understand why they blended them unless they wanted to, like, try and westernise the character and not have him, like... Yeah, I think it's probably to make it more um, relatable, maybe to Western audiences or something. But as of what I've noticed, I think it just in Disney in general, is they seem to go and, like, let's say that the latest one they did, the Raya and oh, the Last Dragon. Love that movie. That was very much a focus on um, some Asian culture which hadn't been explored before in Disney movies. I think it was specifically... Was it Southeast Asian? Yes. Yeah. I think so, and it and it was sort of a, a collection of all like an amalgamation of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that having not been done before, I guess that's why they're focused on that. So yeah, maybe like just a solely Japanese based mm-hmm. Disney would be interesting for yeah. the future. There's not one, is there? Um, not to my awareness. Well, Mulan is China, but that would have been perfect, really, but with Baymax because it's all technology based. Yeah, absolutely. It would have suited the setting. Yeah, I wonder why they decided not to go full, full Japanese. Tokyo. Mm. I don't anyway, know. I, actually, I suppose when you think about it, Tokyo is not really a, a the best representation of Japan as a whole. You know, like the way that London yeah. is like a, a world of its own. Mm. I think so is Tokyo, honestly. Studio Ghibli is a really good cartoon representation of. Yeah. Japan. Well, they like, include a lot of mythology and really very rural. Obviously, it's exaggerated to like a mystical sort of point. But like, if you actually, when we came here, I and I watched one of the movies for the first time when we were living here, and I was like, oh, I recognise that. Or I recognise. And after that, I went out and I could see all these little references. Even the cat bus. I know this sounds weird, but the cat bus in the uh, my neighbour Totoro. 
I remember driving down the road and seeing this bus in the dark in the night time and it, and it was in the distance. And I was like, oh my God, that looks exactly like the cat bus. So it must have been like the shape of the car or something, but I could suddenly see where they got all their inspiration from for the yeah, movies. That's interesting. It was really nice. One of the other things I've noticed is that a lot of Japanese anime and all their stories in general is very original. They have so many original ideas and very like dark themes. Mm. Um, like, you know, so for example, in uh, Spirited Away, they have the I can't remember the name of it, but the, the masked. No to- face. No face, yeah. It's such an unusual design. Mm-hmm. Having, like, <clears throat> if you don't realise that when it takes its mask off, it's just like a, a giant mouth underneath. It doesn't take its mask off, though. Doesn't it? I think the, it actually separates. Oh, okay. No, Either way, it looks yeah. like it, that's the face, but then it's you realise the thing underneath is actually mm. this big black creature. But it's interesting you say that because... The other night we were with some friends who are, like, local to the area and they live, like, very up in the mountains in the forest. Every time we go there, I always forget how far away it is. Yeah. How high up in the mountains. It's kind of scary at night, I think. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but it's they... just, like, the surrounding area is just forest. Mm. It's like being in the middle of the bloody Blair Witch or something. <laughs> it's yeah. so, like, rural. But they're a really, really lovely family and there's, like... Um, there's like the mom and the dad and then they have two children a girl and a boy who are like four and and two i think their ages and then the grandfather of the family he owns this little sober restaurant which is like almost like attached to the house well it is attached to the old house isn't it they have like an old house and a new house and um, he makes tempura and he goes out into the forest in the mornings and picks um, this certain different types of vegetables and even just wild flowers he picks. And then he, um, like, fries them, batter, like, uses the batter and does tempura. And, um, and then he makes all the soba himself and everything. And when I say is the most delicious food I've ever eaten in Japan, hands down... Um, and then on top of that, they have this little pottery studio where they make pottery and we've bought several pieces from them. And even the other day we bought um, we bought some little things and he gave us like two more extra little pieces, which are so cute. You should put these on our Instagram, Jack. I will. I will do that immediately. Because they are... They're like little fish, which they used to have in the pond. And the son of the family, he used to go and... (laughs) You don't have to do it right now. (laughs) He used to go and um, fish for these these little fish and he used to what, what do you call this like spear you like spear fishing yeah so he used to go out when he was a boy and and actually spear fish these little um he called them stone fish but i don't know exactly what they are um so the father makes these little pottery fish for the restaurant and he puts like little um toothpicks in them it's like a toothpick holder i'm going to use it for my paintbrush and mm. i think you are too but he gave us those as a gift and um and anyway, back to my original point is that he told us some spooky stories about that house in particular because we were asked him about, you know, how does he feel about living out there and has he ever had any sort of, um, you know, like uh, weird or strange experiences and we were asking him about like the Japanese like myths and legends and he was talking to us about that and it was really, really interesting. Um 
Yeah, it was pretty so fascinating. So it kind of makes sense how the animes and the cartoons that they come up with in Japan, they have these really, like, dark, underlying mystery sort of feel to them. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And they always have, like, this scary undertone, like the character No-Face, for example. Well, I who, think the the conversation seemed to start off with... They asked us, do we have any folklore or, you know, real strong stories? Oh, no, i tell you where, where it came from. UK. Sorry to interrupt you, Jack. The little boy was being naughty. Hmm. Do you remember? He was not being naughty, but he was like... You know, he wanted some type of food and he started crying. And the dad called him... Oni. Oni, which is a Japanese... Um, it's like devil. Devil, which <laughs> all the children are afraid of yeah. in Japan. And, <laughs> and hardly they... any wonder. You see some of the ways these things are depicted in through imagery and stuff. It's mm. pretty frightening stuff. So I don't actually know the story of this. Um, maybe I should just check that quickly so I can talk about it. I think it's a very... It's a it's such a wide subject. Is it really? Like just the 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 only is just a it's the Japanese devil or kind of a demon. And I thing. think it like might eat children or take children away or something because all they say to the children is oni and the children like stop screaming. Yeah. They just behave because they're all scared of this <laughs> like, this monster. This demon and that's why he asked us if we had anything like that, we would okay. tell children. Well, our immediate response was that we couldn't really think of very much, honestly. Like, we don't... We have fairies. I think that's very... That's kind of built into... Um, what do you call it? Pagan folklore, I suppose. And um, we have, like, the dragon. Like, from George and the Dragon. And, like, the whales. Mm. They have the Welsh dragon. And, um, but but we, we, we don't really have frightening creatures or monsters that are supposed to deter you from doing certain things, particularly yeah. as a kid, you know. Um, so we mentioned to them about the idea of this snow hag or snow witch, which is like a, an old woman who wanders around in the, the snowy paths and sometimes she eats children and sometimes she captures people who have just, like, lost their way or... I've even I've even read about one of them who comes to people's doors and like presents herself as something other than she's not, and then she just devours them. Mm, and she, this particular woman wears like this is a Japanese another Japanese story, um, but doesn't she wear like a mask or something covers her more, face? That's a more modern one. The oh. idea of the mask, but yeah, she, like she takes away a mask. She's got massive mouth. And yeah, big she's like some kind of terrifying beast underneath, but. Just through hearing this, you'll realise that we don't really have that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, in the West, I would I would argue it's a, it's definitely more like, Japanese. The only thing I could thing. think was the boogeyman, but I don't even know that story or what he's supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, but in Japan, they have these stories and they tell them to the children, and I wasn't sure if they still did that, but obviously they do because um, our friends use this against the to tell the child and um i mean he's like okay like he's fine <laughs> but yeah. it kind of makes sense why japanese children are so well behaved well, there's, a, there's a certain point every year i forget when about it is but they they have beans that they throw and the beans are a thing in order to ward away only like to get rid mm. of to cast out demons and devils from from their life that might you know afflict them 
Uh, and they have that in so many aspects of their life that we just we just don't, I suppose. But yeah, he was telling us about the... Um, he said, have you ever seen a ghost or anything weird has happened to you? And we become like, well, not really. Like, if I think mm. about it truthfully, no. No, you might get a strange feeling or... Yeah, of course, but nothing more than, than feels like your own imagination or your own fear mm. or something. But he said that when he was... Several times when he was younger... Um, was it in the same house as they, or the same area that they live now, I presume? So the the place that we ate in, the restaurant, yeah. the door on on the left at the back, that actually goes into the house, and that's the old house that he used to okay. live in. Then they've, they've built a new house yeah. specifically for their so, family. Yeah, this smaller family, um, they built their house right next door. But right. the, the father, um, and I believe his brother... And a sister-in-law, they live in that house. Right. So he was saying that when uh, he was younger, he had several experiences where he would hear footsteps from the floor above, which apparently wasn't used. Mm, the second floor. The second floor wasn't used. And on one occasion or several occasions, he would ask his brother, why were you outside my room or why were you trying to, like, what were you doing? Um... And his brother hadn't moved. His apparently. brother was on the third floor. Then he said that he had exactly the same experience too. Mm. He, was, he thought that um, this guy was trying to like sneak up to his room. And Do you know what I wanted to say to him though? Because I th- I thought that his brother might have been older, but I think I remember his brother is actually younger than him. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I was going to say to him, "Are you sure he didn't have a girl around?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was like sneaking a girl around the house. He's like, "Yeah, it's a ghost." Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't Are you know. Moving what you're around now. About. No, no it wasn't me. <laughs> then it must be a ghost, right? He's <laughs> like, yeah. That's funny. Um, but yeah, he said his brother had the same experience. But um, you can he, tell he was. It became very apparent that he was interested in those kind of scary aspects of mm, <laughs> of life. I suppose. Yeah, and the whole thing with snakes. So they yeah. they actually believe that the house was haunted by animals mm. um, because where they live. They had to clear out a whole forest to build that house, like originally, and this is a very old house as well. So, um, but they didn't pray in the area, which you're supposed to do if you, you know, if you're going to destroy any land or anything like that, and you might destroy wildlife in the process, or even just the land itself. You're supposed to, you know, pray um, and. It's supposed to be like a cleansing or an exorcism, essentially. Because everything in Japanese culture has a spirit. So if you are pushing them out of that land, you're disrupting these spirits. Well, is it it Buddhism? Yeah, it comes from uh, Shinto, I think. Mm. And a mix of, you know. Yeah, so so yeah, every every object has a spirit and has feelings. Mm. Um, so if you're going to destroy a whole forest, it's not just the animals that you'll be saying, you know, praying to. Um, it'll be the trees as well and yeah. the land itself. So they didn't do this, apparently, when they cleared the land. And uh, we might, we've talked about this before, but snakes, white snakes are good luck in Japan and, like, normal snakes are not so much. This is what he told us anyway. Um, but they're seen kind of like a god, like a white snake. And when they cleared the land, they think that maybe they harmed some snakes or something in the process. So they believe that the animals are actually um, 
were haunting their house because they had somebody come in to bless the house and try to guide the spirits away. Um, but they said that maybe they didn't do anything because they were animals. Yeah. That were, so. that were animal spirits that were in the house. So, um, you know, if it was like a, a human spirit, they would have understood and maybe left. But... Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, the idea of the, of the snakes has kind of fascinated me ever since I found out about it, really, within Japanese culture. Because I've spoke to different people about it and they all seem to have a slight spin on what they think is the case. Mm. And through the stuff I've read too, that that has very conflicting ideas. The difference between the white snake or just like the regular, you know, what you might call a brown snake or an earthy looking snake. Um, some people think the white snake to be unlucky, some think it to be lucky. Mm. It really depends who you who you speak to. Who you ask, but yeah. one thing that is very consistent is that the snake is something to be feared or to be respected let's yeah. say the very uh, the very base to be respected um and so yeah they're quite cautious about it aren't they mm. he specifically said i really don't i hate snakes i don't like them yeah um which is kind of uh, and that, that wasn't like a i'm I've, I've got a phobia of snakes it was like it's a it's a cultural yeah thing yeah like they bring bad luck or something yeah so there were there was this phrase as well which was difficult to translate and we were talking about it with their family and we figured out that the phrase was something like don't poke the bush because you're taunting the snake something like that yeah, or tempting fate or tempting something bad to yeah it. but it was to do with the snake itself so like and then we were talking about horror movies and they said that Jack watches Japanese horror movies and we live in a Japanese house in the Japanese countryside. So Jack is then poking the bush and playing with, <laughs> <laughs> tempting the snake. It's like playing with fire, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, like we have the same expression of playing with fire. But yeah. oh, right. I should say that since we've lived here, I haven't watched any Japanese horror films because I'm... I don't, I don't know if it's just like age or something, but I'm just slowly becoming a little more... <laughs> sensitive to it I think that's so funny in a weird way like I just I don't get the same kind of uh, excitement or joy I think living in the building where some of these things are set it's just not there's no way very good. on this earth that I would watch a Japanese horror movie yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend you to either and then live in this house this old Japanese house that yeah. we live in it's in the middle of the countryside unnecessary like necessary torment obviously mm. <laughs> like the ring or something yeah and then now even now like you know friends have tried to scare me with like noises or something from the ring I'm like I haven't watched the movie mm. so they're, they're like oh like it didn't work on me <laughs> yeah. for, for the best I, I know I would, I would say um, um yeah anyway I've, I've Sorry, have you got any more quick-fire questions? Yeah, that was literally not a quick-fire <laughs> round at all. <laughs> it was the slowest answered, fire set of questions. We ever. answered two questions and then just went off on a tangent, which you should definitely expect from us. Well, look, um, the, the point of it was to, if you aren't used to the format of this podcast, is to basically understand why we do the thing in the first place. As I think has probably become very apparent already, living in this country, having not you know, coming from the other side of the world, 
there are so many things to us that are on a, like on a daily basis things happen that we're still learning now mm. I think that's like why you said we thought we knew more than we did yeah when we first came here but literally every day you learn new things new ways really subtle yeah things that you're like oh that's why that is the case mm. um, and so it's necessary for us to record it and also it's good for you to find out about yeah, because people you, don't you visit. tell us those things. Like I heard that, um, you know, when you take your slippers off, mm. when you go in someone's house, if you don't pick up your slippers after you've come into the house, pick up your slippers and turn them around so that when you uh, go out the house, your slippers are facing the correct way for you to put them back on. Yeah. If you don't do that, it's a sign of like a bad upbringing. Like you don't know how to yeah, uh, like it's a polite, orient yourself. Yeah, like it's a polite thing to do to like readjust your slippers when you when you leave and enter someone's house. Something like that, they wouldn't tell you because why would they? You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, it's something your mother would tell you when you were small. So if you don't do it as an adult, it's kind of like... What would I tell you now? Yeah. Or I shouldn't have to tell you now. Yeah. So I think what, as well being a foreigner, you, you are... Ex- you kind of pardoned a lot of those mm. things because they know that you don't know yeah. that way of being. But it's it's strange you saying that. How many things you do just involuntarily now that are completely based on Japanese mm. culture. I always turn my shoes around now. I don't even think about it. Mm. Um, so And going back to the meal that we had the other day, I was thinking about this whole process of the meal, the Japanese meal, Mm. And how you compare it to the experience of eating in the West? What what do you think are like the main the main differences? Um, so other than the obvious of the cutlery, yeah, the use, fact that using chopsticks, we yeah. use chopsticks. Um, they do use spoons, don't they, for, for like if you eat ramen to get the the broth or yeah, like a big spoon, yeah. or like if you have a pudding, they'll give you like a little spoon. Yeah. Um, so that being the main one and then the other thing is things tend to come unless you order like a bowl of ramen or something they tend to come in little um little dishes on their own Mm -hmm. or a little plate and then after you've finished one thing they'll bring something else so it's kind of like a i don't know the presentation of the food and the way it's given to you there's a lot more thought that goes into that. And that tends to outweigh the amount of food that you get, I think. Mm. So you, you overall, you probably tend to get quite a lot of food, but they're, they're given in small quantities yeah. where the presentation in each is very is paramount. Mm. And, um, and the way the flavours are put together in Japan, like um, there's a lot of thought that goes into that and the way... The order of the dishes are given you. Mm. Um, it's probably something we would find in like a, you know, in like a five star restaurant or something, and you get like twelve courses. That's true. But in Japan, it seems to be more it's quite normal. normal isn't it? Yeah, even when we eat in our like friends' houses and they've got all their family around the table, they'll do like one thing, like say, um, like eggplant first and then you'll eat the eggplant and then they'll bring out like a stew or something like that and um you'll eat that and then they'll bring out like uh, like a little dish of carrots or something and then a little like um pickles and 
then you'll get a little bowl of rice separate to the rest of your food like a little bowl of rice which you can help yourself to more um and then you'll get your green tea as well and i think the whole the whole idea of a japanese meal is it's supposed to be some kind of it's like it's a little journey in itself mm. and one thing i never really appreciated before was that you you'll often get let's say ginger yes or something like that on the side of certain dishes and I never appreciated before the reason for the ginger is to counteract the maybe like the oiliness or mm. the richness of the other thing that it's next to. So one of the things that's very popular is yakisoba, which is it's fried noodles and also soba, by the way, is it's it's a, it's a kind of noodle. It's yeah. made of buckwheat. It's like a very pale brown noodle. Anyway, yakisoba is fried soba, and you always get these. Uh, they're like dyed pink like pickles with them yeah, like which have got a very pickle. gingery taste to them and that is to complement the richness of the yakisoba yeah which I, I don't know how much that's I mean that's that's a very common regular meal to have mm. but in in our regular meals do you have anything to sort of counteract the richness of gravy or <laughs> do, you, <laughs> no. do you know what I mean yeah it's like it's like everything you're given is there for a reason yeah, it's and it's very parents. like so when we had the soba we had cold soba at this restaurant and you take it off the plate and you dip it in the soy which is sort of watered down um and then you take it out of the the soy and, and eat it like that like a little like a little cup of soy but alongside it, there's another little dish which has like a little splodge of wasabi and some spring onions. And they always say to you, they always make a point of saying to you, um, please, please put that in there. Because they know like we've put it there for you to eat with this. So they're like, please put the onions in in the soy and please put the was- bit of wasabi in the soy. So you do that and it it tastes so good like they know exactly what they're talking about same with the tempura they're like please salt it like please put salt on there like they're less of a it's a choice obviously but less of a choice and more of a all of this goes together and that's why it's there so so have that have that this is the best way it's going to taste for you that reminds me actually so uh about probably two weeks three weeks ago jody mentioned to uh, one of our Japanese friends, that she wanted to try something called basashi. Oh, yeah. And the other day... Controversial Jack. She got the opportunity <laughs> to try basashi, mm. which is it's a very local delicacy. It is a delicacy, yeah. Um, it's very expensive. It's a little... I would say it's it's more shocking to us because we, we don't eat it back mm. home, but we're not at home, so... Therefore, it's something that's, you know, they encourage you to try. Mm-hmm. I tried it a couple of years back, um, and I liked it. I thought it tasted good, and Jody had the opportunity the other day. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> what is basashi? Basashi is, believe it or not, raw horse meat. Yes. <laughs> raw horse meat, and it's... Um, so the the way it was presented to me was like in very thin slices, almost the same way you slice uh, sashimi, which is like raw fish. 
and you have a little bit of like a garlic miso paste and soy sauce and then you eat it and you eat it raw um the reason it's so expensive is apparently it has to be eaten um quickly after the animal was slaughtered yes. <laughs> that's a horrible saying like that but um because there's like there won't be the bacteria well but they apparently they freeze the meat they freeze then it, they yeah. slice it and then i guess yeah. it defrosts and it's already but it's very fresh and um like locally sourced as well because it has to sort of come from farm to table like yeah. right away um and it's very expensive so i've never tried it before um i've never tried to order it or anything like that but at this particular place i was presented with it and having not tried it before they were very eager for me to try it <laughs> the look on their faces when they knew you hadn't tried it they're like <laughs> yeah. wow and um the way the way uh it is in japanese culture the way they are with food um nothing goes to waste so you know we always say like itadakimasu right before you eat which i asked somebody before and they said it translated to like kind of like i will take your life or like but really it's thanking the whatever it is even if it's like a vegetable you're thanking that vegetable for giving their life to you their spirit to you mm-hmm. and everything you consume has a spirit so the whole kind of journey of eating food is very important and yes i wanted to try it out of pure curiosity and also to just say that i'd eaten it um but also there was like a massive amount of respect that i was I didn't want to offend them, and I wanted to try it. There's no reason to, is there? You know, it's it's an it's an exciting new experience. Yeah, of course, but you know, it's. I think in the same respect, they know that it's very unusual for us, oh, and yeah. that if we were to to eat it back home, that it, people might say, like, "How could you do that? That's like eating a pet or something," you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so I get kind of like both sides, but also it is part of the culture here too. So I want to be equally respectful to that. Um, and I don't eat, we don't eat red meat very often. Like, do we? Beef? Yeah. Here you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I guess not. It tends to be more like chicken or pork usually. Yeah, because like, well, steak's expensive (laughs) for one. Yeah, it's pricey. um, Actually, very little beef comes from Japan. Yeah, apparently, like, New Zealand. So I think, I think that's why majority is imported. Australia, yeah. America. So anyway, yeah, point being, um, yeah, I got to try Versace, and um, it was, it tasted, like, not a very much, actually. I was surprised. I it's thought quite it'd a be, neutral tasting meat. I yeah, I thought it'd be more rich, like, um, you know, like, more like a deer or something kind of taste. Um, but it wasn't. It didn't really taste very much, but the... The garlic and the the flavour was, you know, it was a really nice compliment to it. Mm. But they were, like, so happy and, like, excited for me to try it because they don't come across people that haven't had it, you know, very often. So, yeah, it was, um, it was a, uh, I won't eat it again because I don't really see the need to eat it. But I, um, I it was a really, like, interesting experience and... Yeah. It was raw, which was just, 
it's just crazy to even think about, really. But people eat steak pretty much raw, don't they? Like beef steak, so... <coughs> Absolutely. But yeah, it was a, it's an interesting experience. That's what you can. But take if from you'd that. have asked me before I came to Japan if I'd have done that, I, I would absolutely say no. Yeah. But isn't it weird how just over time you change? Like even eating raw Vastly, fish yeah. is like something that we never really did in the West, I guess, until you know we might more recently occasionally years. eat raw salmon, but that would be it would be so rare. It just like wouldn't a smoked happen. salmon or something. Yeah, but. I don't know. It, it, it's strange how now I actively crave <laughs> sushi. Yeah. But and it's it's very fresh, like we said, like, you know. Um, it, felt, it felt very, like, wilderness, you know what I mean? Like, I felt very wild because there was, like, <laughs> where we were, there was, like, all trees around and it's, like, in the middle of nowhere, like, up in the mountains, like, no yeah. signals whatsoever on my phone. And um, there I am eating, like, bloody foliage from the forest (laughs) (laughs) and raw horse. Um, And, yeah, it just felt felt very natural and very... um, Just an amazing experience. Like, I wouldn't change it at all. If you ever want to feel connected to the land, you Mm. need an experience like that. But now I feel like I don't need to go and seek that to try it. I'm glad that I waited to try it because I could have gone to a restaurant and just ordered it or something, you know, a specific restaurant would have it. Um, Well, here you were put into a situation where it was, like, placed before you. Yeah, and there was, like, an excitement around me trying it as well, which was... um, I think you you are more willing to try stuff like in that situation too because, like you said, there's an amount of pressure. You don't want to offend people by saying, no, no, thank you, it's not my thing. And um, it was specifically bought as well for like people to have their you know what I mean yeah like it was kind of like a gift and it's um so I wanted to be like respectful too yeah it was a a good experience to um to close out the podcast little fun little segment that's gone I want to ask you one last question (laughs) from the three that we've asked previously a bit of a strange question (laughs) yes would you consider changing your name in order to get free food? Hmm. <laughs> what kind of food? Anything you wanted. So, for example, if you were to change your name to... Uh, Jody Cucumber, you could just get free cucumber from a particular restaurant or a shop anytime you wanted, at your will. So, you only the one item. So, I couldn't change it to Jody my weekly shopping list and get my <laughs> weekly shopping list. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you could. Mm, I don't you could, think you could change then. it to uh, Jody, I don't know, <laughs> Jody Beef and <laughs> get free beef from somewhere. Uh, how about how about Jody Salmon? Would you change Would you change it to Jody Salmon to get free? Maybe. Maybe really. Yeah, maybe. Well. It depends because, <laughs> well, that means I could change it all the time. So when I got sick of salmon, I could change it to, like, Jodie Tuna and then just get tuna and keep changing it. Well, the people of Taiwan had a very similar, uh, had a similar thought. So <laughs> <laughs> the headline of this, by the way, is Dozens Change Name to Salmon to Get Sushi Deal. To Get Sushi Deal? Yeah. 
So a sushi chain offered free food to anyone whose legal name included the characters. By characters, it means the kanji, which has each kanji has its own meaning. Mm. Um, but in was, Taiwan, is it called kanji? No, it's its it's its own thing. I don't know what oh. it is in Taiwanese. Whose legal name included the characters for salmon. <laughs> And uh, oh, so, so dozens of people changed their names to Salmon to take advantage of a restaurant sushi promotion deal. <sighs> Officials have asked a plea asking people to stop visiting government offices to request the name change. <gasps> uh, the restaurant offered an all-you-can-eat sushi meal to anyone with the name Yu Yu or Salmon on their ID card. I'm sorry, I butchered that Taiwanese word, but <laughs> Yu Yu, that's how it's written in English, let's say. Unimpressed officials said the rush was wasting government time. <laughs> um, the offer began on Tuesday. Said anyone with the Chinese characters could get free food for themselves and five friends. Chinese characters? I guess they must use kanji to them, by, oh. by, the, by the sounds of it. It led to dozens of people requesting a name change, adding <laughs> that applicants could pay around $3 for a new ID card and a registration certificate. See... When you think of it in those terms, $3 to get you all the free sushi you want and for five friends. Forever or just one time? Because well, sushi doesn't last very long. It only lasts like a day. <clears throat> well, if you only did it once, $3 for that would surely be worth but it. to change name and then have to go and change it back. It must be really easy to do. But sushi's really cheap too. According to the newspaper, one student in Taichung said she had changed her name to... Cure salmon rice bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but planned to change it back the next day. Oh, that's Other funny. salmon theme names included Salmon Prince, Meteor Salmon King, and Salmon Fried Rice. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, brilliant. That's kind of legendary, really. Uh, two others managed to eat around $460 worth of sushi in one go <gasps> and posted online I do not think we will want to eat salmon again for a while. Oh, my God. What a weird promotion to do, though. Because what does the... I guess the company's got so much exposure from it. I was going to say, what is it? It's promotion, Desperate times is desperate measures. So I guess recent times have been difficult for, Mm. uh, you know, the food industry. And this last bit just says, officials also issued a reminder that names can only be changed legally three times. Oh. I mean, look, if you're only ever going to change your name <laughs> once, why not change it to to Jody Salmon for, like, the sake of the best sushi buffet you've ever had? Is that true? Life? You can only change your name three times? In, Taiwan, in Taiwan, at oh, least. Oh, so if they get married and they want to change the name? I guess that's one of them. Oh, my God, that's Strike funny. one. But, look, how many... I mean, I suppose you could get married a couple of times and then that would get rid of your three strikes. Mm. But maybe if you're, if you if you're confident, <laughs> just take take a shot on that name mm. change to salmon. It's not a lifetime supply though; it's only one time. And I really can't eat that much sushi. No, I suppose it depends how much you're saving, doesn't it? Because I know in Japan, sushi is relatively quite cheap. Mm. You, you can get it for quite cheap, I should say. I it can be really expensive too. But to be honest, though, the petrol and the time and all that faff to change the name <laughs> and then actually change it back. Like, I don't think I'd bother. Five friends, though. That's a lot of sushi. I'd get one of them to change the name then. <laughs> and then you just tag along with them. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't eat very much sushi anyway, so I wouldn't be great at that. So, taking away the 
the ethics of all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's about changing the name for free food. What would you change it to in order to, like, what food would you want? Um, it would have to be something where I could have a variety of food. Maybe I'd, maybe I'd change it to, like, um, like somewhere I could go to, like, Disneyland for free. Like Jodie Mickey Mouse or something. <laughs> <laughs> and every, every like bit of memorabilia you could Yeah, I could get, get anything for free. free in the park. That's pretty I'd good. I'd love that. How about, um, what, what just came to me then? I would probably change it to, I'd be like Jack Barbecue. Mm. Because barbecue, like everything tastes good on a barbecue. You could stick a salad on a barbecue, <laughs> it would taste nice and smoky. So what would you be getting free, the barbecue? Or the meat? Oh, uh, that's, the, that's the ultimate question, I suppose, isn't it? You don't want, like, Would hundreds it have to of be, barbecue. Do you reckon it would have to be really... Sp- <laughs> <laughs> Free barbecue? No. Um, How about Jodie Mansion? Yes, please, I'll take one of those. Jodie Mansion. I mean, we're getting into... We, we <laughs> well Jack Billionaire. Woo! <laughs> you buy all the damn sushi you want for the rest of your life. That's funny. Who needs food? No, if it's just food... Um... Jodie, Jodie T. You can get all the tea you want. Yeah, but the thing is, you'd just get sick of it, wouldn't you? I think and, so. And no food is so expensive that you, like, is it worth changing your name for? Other than if you get your entire shopping list. It's like every, if your name's Jodie Cucumber, so you do your whole shopping list <laughs> and you get your cucumber free every week. I mean, it's all right, <laughs> but. You mean you'd rather be like Jodie Caviar because at least you'd get your money's worth. Yeah, a bit more money's worth. Jack Steak. Oh. There Jack we go. Steak. You get a, that'd be nice getting a free steak every week yeah. or something like that. But like that person said, they said after one session of eating four hundred and sixty dollars worth, they, mm. they don't want to eat it for a long time. And I could, I could see that being the case. Yeah. Would that have be you, worth? Have you ever had that where you've eaten so much that you think I'm never going to eat this thing again? Um, I think I do it quite a lot. Actually, I exhaust things. I, th- yeah. I like I really like something, and so I just keep going back and having the same thing. And over time, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to eat this for a while. I have like specific memories of things that I've done that with. Mm. Yeah, like um, onion rings. One time, I ate a, uh, yeah. a, a big bag of onion rings. You know, like the big, the shareable ones. I just, I don't know what happened. It just overtook me, and I just ate the whole bag. <laughs> and then I literally, about half an hour later, threw them all up. Yeah. Like the entire bag. And let me tell you, TMI, but onion crisps coming back up, not <laughs> good. <laughs> the smell, the taste, oh. the, no, the warmth. Disgusting. No. Yeah, 12 year old Jodie will not do that again. I had, I had it time. with peppers. Peppers? Yeah. Oh, I used to peppers. adore peppers. And oh. I would just eat them raw. Oh. And I, I remember one time I had. Just a bowl of peppers. They're quite nice. They're the crunch, aren't they? They are, and the sweetness. They've got like a very particular taste. I like peppers. That night, threw them all up. Oh, I didn't eat peppers for years after that. I love them now, but my memories have separated from that traumatic experience. Yeah. Do you think it takes that though? Takes the the actual regurgitation of the food to be like. I think so because because it becomes like a sickening. You get like this horrible association with the thing Mm. that you once liked. You know. Mm. I dread to think if it ever happened with something I really... You know, if it happened with, like, I don't know, like, I love chicken. Or, like, floral gums. Yeah, like, if if that ever happened... That could happen, I reckon. Mm. It'd be quite well, easy. that kind of happened to me because I used to love palmer violets, mm. which, if you don't know, um, they're, like, kind of perfumey-tasting 
chalky, hard candy. Yeah, like chalky kind of hard um, sweets that you get in, in the UK. And yeah, I had those and I had little rainbow puffs. Remember rainbow puffs? Oh, I used to love them. Yeah, they were like corn. They were made of corn or something, weren't they? I think they used to call corn. it corn puff starch. Corn puffs, yes, <laughs> starch. Whatever that means. And they were all different colours. It's like oh, I used to love them. It's like a bag of E numbers. Yeah. Terrible. Um, but yeah, so I ate those and I ate palm violets. What a and combo. Yeah, it was great. I used to love them. Um, but then I had appendicitis, like a rumbling appendix. And... Um, <laughs> it resorted in a projectile bomb. Um, <laughs> but I wasn't quick enough in in turning round to get to the toilet and I projectile bomb the multicoloured and palmer violet array of sweets all oh. across my bathroom. Like a magical rainbow stream. Mm, and the smell <laughs> of the palmer violets and the fact that I was like... It was like perfumey vomit. Yeah, it just smelled exactly like per, per, palmer violets. Oh. Yeah, and, um, and then the, the corn puffs. But it wasn't because I ate those, it was because I had appendicitis, but no. I didn't know that at the time. That's got to be better than a, a vomit stream of, of onion rings, the smell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I was in a lot of pain. Oh, yeah. So the good. pain paired with the palmer violets, and I was convinced that it was the palmer violets that made me <laughs> feel this way. Um, it wasn't like till two days later when my appendix actually burst that I realised it was not the palmer violets. But honestly, the damage was done, and I haven't eaten them. My, my family sent some over actually recently, and we had them. We've got some in the cupboard still left, um, and it's fine. The trauma has gone now because I tried them, and you know we worked through it together. Me and the palmer violets, and we're yeah. back on. You talked it out, and you you, know, you worked out your. Issues. Yeah, they said to me that it was how long ago would it would have been? Seventeen years ago. Ooh. Is that right? Yeah, seventeen years ago. There you go. Uh, so, you know, we worked through it, and um, at least now you're at a stage where you can. We've I've forgiven them. You've forgiven them. Yeah, they told me it wasn't their fault, and I, you know, I agree now. So. Oh, good for you. Good for you for breaking that. <laughs> breaking that oh, candy God. barrier. Yeah, but that was an experience for sure. Well, uh, I think we need to bring to a conclusion episode 35, Joe. Yeah, that went really fast. It absolutely did, Bob. We usually have... um, This is not a good episode, I guess, for your first one because we usually have... Don't say that. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like... This is not the standard protocol, (laughs) let's put it that way. I mean, like, we we usually bring a topic each. To the table. To the table. um, Or something that's happened in our week, which we didn't even get to this episode. We didn't even talk about our week. This happens a lot, by the way. We just... we, We start on something and we end up, like... In a different country, mm. so just brace yourself. So you'll either get you'll either get a couple <laughs> of topics, one from each of us, yeah. or you'll get this, which is just us rambling, yeah. as if we haven't spoke we haven't spoken to each other all morning. That's why. Yeah, can't stop talking. Can't oh, stop. I should say actually, well, do you blabbering? This this question was asked um, through Twitter, I believe, maybe through Podbean or something, and they said, "Is your podcast scripted or unscripted?" Mm. Um, I would consider our podcast to be unscripted. Completely unscripted, because apart from literally the hello. Often, even me. the like 
the brief fragment topics that we bring to the table we don't even mention like every week I'll, I'll, I've got stuff I want to talk about and don't even mm-hmm. go to them because we end up somewhere else and that's fine that's the nature of a of a glorious conversation mm-hmm. I would say anyway <laughs> thank you once again for joining us thank you to Podbean for the uh, that wonderful mention that was great and inclusion on your featured list uh, yep we release our podcast every week you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is at our weird life pod, and our Facebook is at our weird life podcast. And if you, uh, being a new person to the to this episode, you might not realise that usually Jody has some kind of revelatory or informative message for the week. <laughs> you didn't say join the Al commune. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I should probably say that, shouldn't yeah. I? Yeah. If you would like to be a part of the Owl Commune Twitty, <laughs> and then go to one of those places I just told you about. <laughs> um, it's usually much more slick than that, I, I have to promise. Do you remember, like, on Jerry Springer, you would always get a thought of the week at the end? When, no. Oh, okay. Well, Jerry Jerry Springer <laughs> would usually say, like, a, like a, a really... Meaningful thing mm. at the end of each episode. That's nice. So th- this is Jodie's turn to for a, a revelatory oh. statement. My revelatory statement. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said that wrong. <laughs> I'm not correcting it. Uh, this week is um, try not to overindulge. You know. I concur with that. Because at the time, it feels fabulous, and you. Nothing else matters. You are indulging in whatever it is you're indulging in. I'm talking specifically about food. But I tell you now, I've had Stitch for two days because of that eating all that food at the restaurant. Most of it was out of politeness, I have to say. I was getting through it purely based on I need to finish this because they cooked it for me. Um, But just you just you don't need to eat everything, you know. It feels good in the moment. You're like, this is fabulous. But just get to a point where you think, yeah, okay, I've eaten, I've eaten enough now. I feel, I feel full. You never feel good, do you, when you're overindulge? Indulging is good. Indulging is fun. Indulge. Don't overindulge. Yeah. That's my advice. You, don't, you never feel as good as you think you do. You just feel like a big slob after. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think that's pretty relevant, yeah. Just mm. because it's there doesn't mean that you should take it and that's the same with everything like watching tv playing games yeah. you know everything you can overindulge in just things just, in moderation yeah just take a just take a, a strip of it and you'll be more thankful of it when you come back that's to it so again. true oh and actually i just really really quickly an extra little point that I heard today, what, and I thought, this is amazing. I'm definitely doing this from now on. So you know how when we eat a meal together, often I want a pudding and you don't, yes. and then I feel bad and feel like a big cow. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard today that um, on a YouTube video, this girl was like, why don't you share a pudding? Because, right, the pudding is, like, smallest and you you will appreciate it so much more. And you only really need a little taste of it. Yeah, You know, you don't need to eat the whole ice cream or the whole cake or whatever. So if you share it, you both get a little taste of it. I'll definitely eat more than Jack because I have more of a sweet tooth. But you both get a little taste of it. And it's enough. It's enough. 
I, so. I agree with that sentiment in the future. Share your desserts. Sharing is caring. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> For yourself both, and the other person. Yeah, too. you'll both feel better and you'll savour every bite because you know it comes to an end at some point. You will. Thank you, Jodie. That's okay. We will see you next week with a brand new episode. Have a wonderful time. <laughs> Have a nice week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.